When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, and I did my first fire podcast. Wasn't too happy with it, but um it's a first. It's just how do you find your fire number? Um I'll link it down in the description of the podcast if you want to listen to it. Uh it's just the, the I'm going to take you step by step fire, you know, it, once a week I'll kind of pick a topic. Uh, or a fire feature, and we'll kind of go over it. If you have anything that you want me to go over, write to me on that one. Uh, That's the first announcement. Second announcement is that TrendSpider is still on sale. It's 40% off for the Elite. Um, $468 for the year, $39 a month. Again, if I can't make you $39 a month, you're crazy. Links are down in the description. Uh, I'll give you my access to my algorithm, give you access to the... um, the watch lists, the core portfolio that I have, um, everything, all, all the tools that I use in TrendSpider, you'll get. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys sign up. It, you don't need it. Again, if you're, not, if you're not trading more than, you know, if you're trading once a week, I think it helps. If you're trading once a month, don't get it. I don't want to lead you down a path that, you know, it's a waste of money. But if you're trading stocks more than once a week, there's no reason not to get this. The, the alerts are too good. The, the, the actual service, um, the texting, um, the email, all of the services that they provide. And it's way deeper than even what I use. Um, some of their, their indicators and their custom tools, it's just phenomenal. And, and if you're not sure if you want it, go to TrendSpider University on YouTube and just look at all of the features that they have. Um, for Again, $429 is it? Per month, four sixty eight, four sixty eight for the year. Get to write it off on your taxes too. So let's start off new year, new you. <laughs> how many, how many people have said that? Um, and by the way, I I got up late this morning because I was up late last night. Prayers to that that dude Damon in um Buffalo. Anybody watching that game last night? It was pivotal for my fantasy league, but it was clear. Um, Fantasy leagues and football was far from anyone's mind when that happened. Um, I heard he's unconscious still, uh, in critical condition, but it's, he's alive. I mean, and that's way better than I think a lot of the prognosis was immediately after that. But um, yeah, I'm in the fantasy football finals, and uh, I have Joe Burrow, and my opponent has Josh Allen. So we were tuned in pretty intently last night. Uh, so I was up late. Let's look at spy. And what I just did on YouTube with some of the folks on YouTube is we were looking at spy and we were looking at some of the seasonality of spy and what TrendSpider allows you to do is look at the seasonality of this. And so we looked at the, the weekly, uh, spy. And if you go back 20 years to 2003, 11, three, 2003, um, this first week of January, 63% chance of a positive outcome, meaning that you start the week off lower and you end it higher. Um, Next week, 63%. The week after that, only 37%. 
uh, and the week after that, 53%. You go out to week seven, and you're at 84%. I'm not sure exactly what the, why that is, but it's probably got to do with some type of Fed meeting <laughs> um, or some economic reading that comes out during that time because we have been in a bull run since then. But you look at SPY, and uh, on December 29th, we had a cross up here at 383. I don't think there's any reason why this one holds on to this. You can see the 50-day is coming down, the two down towards the 200-day. You might get a death cross here in the next few days. I think that probably today you're going to see a positive outcome. And I said this, the reason is because there were a lot of people like me who in December sold a bunch of shit to try and make up for just take the tax loss harvest. And we sold everything that we could uh, against some gains that we had. And again, I'm 52 years old. You guys that are younger have to realize the fortune is made with buy and hold. And so some of the trades that I held on to too long, I was able to take those long-term capital gains and write them off against some of the losses that I had. Again, you have to hold these things for more than a year for long-term to write off against long-term. Your short-term can't be written off against long-term. You can only take, a, uh, I think it's $3,000 in short-term uh, is the max. I'm taking that. I've gotten that. Um, it's kind of, you know, not to get political, but if you look at Donald Trump's taxes, that's how he doesn't pay taxes. He just declares losses. I mean, the guy has declared bankruptcy more than anybody in the U.S. that I'm aware of. Um, he has failed, you know, growing up in New Jersey. It's not, not, you know, breaking news. The guy failed Atlantic City. I mean, he had a bunch of casinos in Atlantic City. He's able to write those real estate losses off for years to come. So against his current businesses that are doing well. So, you know, hey, kudos to him. He's able to take care of that. But that's what tax, tax loss harvesting is. You take your long-term capital gains and you write it off against the short term. So when you do have these down cycles, at least you're able to take some type of advantage, reallocate that money to actually sectors that are winning and basically start over from scratch. So I didn't sell out of everything. I've got six figures on the table. Uh, I'm going to be redeploying that. Uh, I am also going to be trading in my Webull account. I know I didn't do it over the December, like I said, and I would do a charity donation. I'll do it here. Um, I, I had some tax, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm very focused on taxes, if you guys can't tell. You can make your money in taxes just as much as you can make it in, um, in the market. So I'm fo I was focused on taxes, but I did, I think my current Webull account with the stocks that they gave me, it's like $1,040. So I made $40 in a month. Um, they gave me a bunch of stock. So I wanted to take a look at that, that SPY um, seasonality. And again, if you look at the weekly, if we change this weekly to monthly, you can see monthly going all the way back to 1993. SPY was up 55% of the time uh, in January, 57% of the time in February, 60% of the time in March, 77% of the time in April. This didn't hold true last year. I think we were down in pretty much every month for SPY. Um, let's take a look at a monthly. Uh, let's move back and we'll take a look at a monthly chart. You can see January 2022, down, down, down. <laughs> um, the only green candle was March. And then you down. And then we have a green candle in May. 
We had a red candle, big red candle in June, green candle in July. Um, doesn't mean that you finished higher than the previous month. Just means that you finished higher than when you're opened during the month. So, um, yeah, there's your spy kind of look at things. Uh, Stephanie Link put out a great note uh, from Morgan Stanley on input costs coming down in the restaurant industry. Commodity index was up 7% year over year. Uh, in for, uh, Q4, it was up 11% year over year. In Q3, it improved 2% sequentially. In addition, it shows sequential improvement each week through December. Key theme for 2023 across the board is that the restaurant industry should start to come down. She's bullish on McDonald's. Let's take a look at McDonald's uh, stock chart. You can see McDonald's uh, stock chart. You're down here. It got you out. You're kind of playing against the 200-day, and you've got this um, this gap down here at 259. I, you're starting to fill it. You know, you have your earnings coming out on January 25th. This is an expensive stock. You're running up against 52-week highs on this one. So it's probably not a huge one, but if you wanted to put it into a core portfolio, you could do it. I just, uh, I saw a video and I put this one out on, on Instagram, I think, of the first employee-less um, uh, counter of McDonald's, meaning that your drive through um, and your counter uh, do not have employees giving you anything. They don't have you taking their orders. They don't have you doing anything. It's in Dallas. So I, if that's not the um, the beginning of the employment, uh, hey, we have an employment problem. I don't know what it is. But Darden Restaurants, <clears throat> uh, we had a buy-in here at 139.41. You're at 138. Doesn't have confirmation. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm going to edit. Hopefully, I don't have to edit this stuff out. But you have a you have no confirmation on this one. My guess is that 135 is probably going to be where it stops. It's going to use that um, 200 day as its support. It's got its dividend X date coming up here on January uh, 9th. And she also mentioned Starbucks, um, which I think Starbucks probably a decent one. That what worries me about Starbucks is you don't have confirmation. You do have this 9941, but I am still worried about this $89 to $85 gap that was caused on their last earnings. Um you just you, you have a volume shelf kind of clearing up down there. Let's pull it back here. Um the volume really if you look, if you break this um $96 your next shelf is right at about the 200-day at $92. So I'd probably wait to get into Starbucks. No rush to get in there. Uh, one that is going nuts uh, right now is KOLD. KOLD in pre-market, I think it's up about 20%. Um, let's look. KOLD closed at 27. It's at 31. So it's up 10%. Um, Warm winters, European warm winter, and, and I'll show you the chart in Active Trader Pro. Just look at the 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 pre market in light gray. Um, essentially, it's it's warm. It's warm winters, and it's the Vladimir Putin's wor worst nightmare is a warm winter. So KOLD on the the algorithm, you're still in this one. It's got gaps all the way down. Um, if you're not in this. I don't know that I necessarily get into this. Look at the RSI is at 80. Um, your MACD is way up. 
But I will tell you, it doesn't mean that it's time to get into boil. Boil is going to crack, continue to crash. Boil is down here at about 1580 right now, and you've got gaps all the way up. At some point in time, boil makes sense to get into. Just probably not right now. Look at the weekly of boil. And, and remember, I drew that trend line, and the trend line's still up um, on my screen. And that trend line shows if you just go back to 2018, this is November 2018 right there. If you just go back and you touch three points with the trend line, essentially that are, is down here in September, and you say um, in March of 2021, when Boyle and, and, and uh, you know, um, Ukraine started being invaded and, and natural gas really started to rise and you see that rise there. Well, if you just continued the trend, you're down on Boyle at $2. And remember how these work. These do reverse splits to basically prop up the price. Doesn't mean that it would be at $2. Um, but look at, look at how the volume. The volume on, on Boyle in the past few weeks, just since December, it's flown, but it's completely on the negative side. So there's a bunch of sales out there that are, that are really kind of pushing this one down. So do not expect this one to continue um, to, to all of a sudden make a, a big move back. You might be able to trade it intraday um, for the big moves in KOLD and things, but I would not expect this one to... to um, to move back. You know, they're talking about 60 degrees at night in Europe in freaking January. So, um Tesla announced their deliveries. They were slightly disappointing. I'm not going to go over the numbers. You can read the numbers for yourself. Just know that the stock uh, had a cross up here at 119 on on December 30th. So, essentially, I think it was Friday. 11995 was the cross up. I still wouldn't buy it. Still wouldn't buy it. And the reason I wouldn't buy it is if we go to this daily, uh, I think you've got another gap down here. And we're going to go all the way back. Uh, I think it'll bring us back. Yes. Um, there's this gap right here um, between 83 and 84. And I think you've got that in your spectrum right now. I think that to me. Well, we passed this one gap, which nobody thought we could get to, which was between 137 and 140. Up here at 190 and 200, nobody thought that we would get down to 140. Well, if you get down to 140, oh my God, that's great. We are at 116 right now, and it's still expensive. Um, I still think that this is a great long-term buy at this price. The problem that you have, if you go over here to... Um, to Tesla. And, and Phil LeBeau on this morning brought up a great point. I didn't even think about this, but they were giving, Tesla was giving a $7,500 rebate off of their price. It wasn't a federal rebate. This was $7,500 that Tesla was, was giving back. Uh, Tesla wasn't expected to face a quote unquote demand problem for quite a while. Well, the $7,500 uh, price give back that's a demand problem. And so it worries me a little bit about the demand for this car, um, for the Model Y, for the Model 3. If you haven't been reading about it, the Model Y may not qualify for the tax incentive, the $7,500. The Model 3 should. It is confusing as F. 
and the IRS is supposed to put out their numbers in in uh, their specific numbers in March. If for some reason, again, the Model Y is the most American-made SUV uh, in in existence right now because it's all made here. Um, you know, they they do make some in China, they do make some in Europe, uh, but they don't ship them from there to here. They make all of their Model Ys in Texas and in Fremont. <clears throat> so you've got the majority coming out of Texas, and Texas is expanding their their deliveries. <clears throat> so. I would expect it if it comes under that $7,500 rebate. I would expect demand to be back for this one. And I would expect this to jump back above the 120 mark. You can see a volume shelf here right at 130. I think that's a pretty good um, level. It's kind of positioning off here. I think if you can get this uh, below 110, I think you grab it. But I, I don't think that you, you know, adjust your position size. Don't go in big. Until you see that above this nine day, do not go in big. You can clearly see, look, it ain't above that nine day right there. We'll move in a little closer so you can see it. Look, since November, uh, you, December 2nd, you had it a little bit above the nine day, but you've been on the downside of that nine day the entire time. There's no reason to get into this. None whatsoever. Uh, another news update that'll bring, uh, that hits home for me personally is Apple. Apple has identified to some suppliers to slow down deliveries just based on a softening in demand. You did have a cross up on Friday at 128.33. Uh, I sold personally at 130, my first ever Apple stock sale. Um, I sold it to take some profits just because it was easier for me just to sell the Apple because um, it was, I think my average purchase price was around $5 on that one. So it was a significant, significant um, profit taking for me. And that's all that was. That wasn't that I don't believe that this one's coming back up here to 150. That doesn't mean that I don't think that this will uh, be a good stock to hold for the future. Um, I do see that MACD is super low. The RSI is down at 40, probably still wouldn't get in. If we're heading into a recession and Apple's saying that they've got some suppliers that are um, uh, cutting some of their deliveries, I think you take that with what it's worth. Uh, I think we're going to see a revision in some earnings. Their earnings are coming up January 26th. Um, so uh, there was, if you go on uh, Twitter, I looked for news of this. I couldn't find it. Google is supposedly on red alert uh, in regards to chat GPT. And if you haven't used ChatGPT, I would suggest you try it. Um, they're supposedly on red alert for this. Uh, I don't know 100%. Oh, let me just uh, um, redo this one. Um, I don't know 100% what the red alert was really about, but it seems they think that um, uh, ChatGPT could cut into their search business. And if ChatGPT cuts into their search business, that's the bread and butter for uh, for Google. So you're in danger of losing the bread and butter for Google because all of their other platforms don't make the money. Uh, that means the 17PE that is currently on, uh, on Google uh, could be at risk. Sorry, I had to delay that. Pause it just because um, Trent Spider was giving me a problem. I logged out and logged back in. You had a buy-in here at 88. You're trading at 90. You are up 2% today. 
that red alert probably got some people's attention. Um, I still say if you can get this with an 80 uh, price, to, you know, an A handle, it's fantastic. You're just covering this gap back up to 91. There's also a gap here at 93. You're probably going to cover that. You're probably coming back to your 100 level. Uh, I think this is a great, great long-term buy. Uh, Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> if you didn't read it, there was an insider that had done some lobbying for Coke and Pepsi with the uh, the sugar industry and, and taxing sugar uh, and making sure that Coke and Pepsi were included in the um, the, the food stamp program. Uh, also making sure that uh, some of the FDA said that sugary drinks are the best calories, the cheapest calories to get, blah, blah, blah. Um, there was a, it, It's a long Twitter feed, and if you go to Bill Ackman's uh, Twitter, you can read about it. He's all of a sudden on a campaign against Coke and Pepsi. He says he doesn't have positions short or long. Um, he does have positions in restaurants, so I don't know if he's necessarily looking uh, at something. I, I, I think the guy, you know... <laughs> Bill Ackman is the guy, if you don't know, he came on during COVID and said all hell is about to break loose. And it was realized that he had some short positions in the market. Um, and that was during COVID. But with Coke, uh, I did sell out a good portion of my Coke. Uh, and the only reason was we're at 52-week highs. I'm going to buy back closer to 60. Uh, if it gets down here to its 200-day uh, at, at about uh, 60, I'm going to buy back in. If it gets down to cover this gap down here at about 56, I'll definitely be buying back in. I have no no worries whatsoever. I am a Coke and Pepsi lover. Uh, I like Pepsi over Coke, but it's it's the same chart. I mean, essentially, it's the same kind of quote-unquote business. I, if you're looking to buy one today, I'd probably buy Coke over Pepsi. Um, but Pepsi's just because Coke's chart looks better. But you can look up Bill Ackman. Uh, both of these are in the core portfolio for um, for my daily stock picks, uh, and both of them are in my personal portfolio. I believe in both of them. Um, XLF is an interesting one. Um, and, oh, this web page is taking up a significant amount of your Mac resources. Uh, XLF is one that had a buy up here at 33.92. This is the sector spider for the financials. And you just crossed this um, this gap. You've got a, a little bit of this gap has already been covered up to 34.67, about 35. Um, you're on the upside of the nine day. This would indicate to me that uh, Bank of America uh, might be a buy. It's up 2% today. Wells Fargo, uh, which I'm in, uh, is up. What's Wells Fargo? Let me see real quick. Um, brokerage holdings. I have Wells Fargo. It's up 1.84% again today. I think these are starting to make their move up. Financials are, are starting to make their move up. Pick whichever one you want. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, or should I say shitty group <laughs> for all you South Park fans. Uh, shitty group is uh, a buy at 44. You're at 46. So you've made your 5% off of this one. Great move on this one. Their earnings are coming up January 12th. Um, I did notice that XLF had pretty good moves, so I, I was looking at financials. I don't know the, the news around it, but it was interesting. Um, let's take a look at Shopify because I was looking at this chart. Now, mind you, Shopify is an expensive stock. 
Uh, it had a buy-in here at 34.32. I still own a significant amount of this in my retirement account, so it's not a taxable account. So if I sell it, I sell it. For, I think for like a 60% loss, 70% loss, somewhere around there. Um, we're talking thirty thousand dollars worth, uh, which I had a gain on. Wasn't smart enough to sell. Uh, held on to it, uh, but it it's gotten a move up here. Um, and it's up 4.81%. I still hold this one today at 36. Uh, I like it. It just crossed that nine day and it gave some pretty positive move. The RSI is only down at 54 and the MACD is crossing up. Their earnings are coming up February 14th. The, the question really isn't, you know, hey, is February 14th going to make the needle move? The question is, as we're in January and some people want, um, you know, took tax loss harvesting and maybe are looking to at some of these big movers to really make another move. Could this one get back to the 40 level? I think you could. I mean, look at that 50-day kind of rounding out. Look at the 9-day uh, and the 21-day moving up. It used the 200-day the as a support level right at 33. You're at 36, so it's a little bit more expensive. I would have liked to see you get in at that 34, 32, or maybe a 35 handle. Um, because I do think the downside, there is a significant downside. Say some bad news comes out, you've got significant downside. But I wanted to bring this one specifically up because I do own it. Uh, and I, I have not sold. Um, I will probably dollar cost average um, and, and, and maybe look at this one because it does move quite a bit. And I can take the money out. Uh, you know, in an IRA, maybe I take a loss. It feels bad. But it's really just getting me capital dollars to try and move in and out of a stock and make a little bit more money. And that's what I do in retirement account with losses is, okay, what's my best opportunity to make money? I don't just hold in order to hold um, in my retirement account. I look at it, okay, you know, it, it's down. Um, you know, the algorithm loses you 55% on this. Buying and holding has lost you 68% on this. Your average win on this is 10%. You win 32% of the time. So if you can pick one of these big, you know, 21%, um, 4%, 6%, 5%, if you can pick one of these big movers, your downside, your average loss is only 7%. So if you can pick the, 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 the uh, winners out of those, you know, maybe you're a little bit better than me. But I do like the stock because it does, uh, it does move quite a bit. Let's look at some of our energy. Oil is down. Like I said, natural gas is uh, down. Uh, so energy is probably not looking that good. And, and if you've been watching Puru's, um, Puru's Twitter account, he kind of brings up that, hey, gas is under $3, but the XLE is at 52-week highs, close to it. Uh, COP, ConocoPhillips, 114.75 was the buy. You're at 117. It's kind of capitulating. The Bollinger Bands have been cinching up. Where's it going to go? I don't know. It's got, looks like it's got slight confirmation, but that 50 day is coming damn close to that 200 day with that death cross. If it does death cross, what happened the last time it death crossed? Um, it came down here. Looks like it was at 99, uh, came all the way down to about 88. So what, 10% move? But then you shot way back up. I would consider that to be probably the best. The best indicator of what's going to happen with ConocoPhillips uh, or energy. You know, if we take a look at the next energy, Devon, Devon Energy. This one has a 7% dividend. 
Um, I think my average purchase price is 53 on this. I said anything under 60, you should buy it. 59.39 um, was the, the trigger on December 20th. Since then, you've just kind of capitulated forward. You haven't really moved. It's on the downside of the, the, the nine day. Um, you had this death cross right here at December 14th. You've had other death crosses, and then you go back up. So I, I do think the Devon energy is probably a decent one to hold. Warren Buffett, Oxy. Uh, this one, I said anything under 60, you buy it, it's at 62. I don't think that's too expensive. Uh, the algorithm still has you in from a $64 buy. Uh, it's just been capitulating. Warren Buffett buys it and holds it. I'm going to buy and hold it. Uh, Oxy has, it was the number one stock in the uh, number one stock of last year. Uh, XOM, Exxon. I sold a good portion of this just because it was at 52 week highs. I sold it at 110. Uh, you got this gap up here between 112 and 113. You know, you got their earnings coming up on January 31st. Is it 30th or 30th? January 30th. So I, 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 you know, I'm not selling out of my position. I'm looking to add to my position. This one, it probably, if it's got any downside, it's going to go down, only down to 102, which is the 200 day. I would expect it there. Uh, they're calling for $5 a gallon prices around springtime again. You think that's not going to move this stuff up? Uh, that's what we're seeing is, is that it's probably going to move up towards there. Chevron, you got a supply problem. By the way, when China completely opens up, you got to have a major supply problem with oil. And that's going to drive the price up. Uh, Chevron, I say anything around 160 is a better price. 170, a little bit expensive. Um, Fang is one. Uh, this is Diamondback Energy. Uh, this one has a huge dividend as well, I believe. 136 with the buy-in, you're trading at 135. It's below its 200-day. It's kind of capitulating there. Um, you do have this gap, which kind of comes, comes into play. And I've said, hey, it's a little bit nervous. I probably wouldn't buy into this one right now just because that gap is down there. Their earnings are coming up February 21st. Uh, PXD, which has an enormous dividend, uh, Pioneer Natural Resources. This one's kind of come down as well. 227 was the buy-in. You're trading right at 227.92. Uh, you have this gap, which has been covered down to 218. Um, I think you get back above the 200-day, which is 240, which is a 10% move. I think this one's, this one's I, you know, they just had their ex-dividend date. You've got a, um, a earnings coming up February 15th. Uh, we can look at Viper, which uh, I always call Venom because of uh, the symbol V-N-O-M. And I always miss this one up. Uh, but thirty-one seventy-eight was the buy-in. You're at $30.72. Again, you're hovering around this 200-day. You are below the 200-day, uh, and I think this gap comes into play around 29, um, 28.88 to 29.88 in that neighborhood. I think that gap does come into play. You've already covered this gap. See down here, you covered that gap. So the gaps down below are significantly covered. Nothing that I'm necessarily worried about. We do have some folks in REI, and I went over a, a little bit more um, extensive look at REI, but you're up above the nine day. I don't think I'd necessarily get out of this one, but oil weakness does hurt it. Um, you do have a, you know, if you got a hint in here at um, around 220 and you're at 240, I might take some profits. Um, there's some debt issues here. And so you do have a high RSI at 56. And the MACD is just kind of hovering. 
you know, doesn't look like it's necessarily getting a, a button hook, but with the price in oil, you could see a button hook. Uh, let's go over some scans. Uh, and I got a lot of scans. QCLN, uh, which is uh, my particular uh, ETF that uh, has clean energy, just had a cross up here at 47.15. You're trading at 46.98. It's down 0.3% today. Um, I do think that this one has been beaten up enough so that you're looking at a pretty good opportunity down here with the RSI at 34. I might add more to this. Uh, I have this in a retirement account. I may actually trade this one. Um, it's, it's been a good one to me. And, and again, it's clean energy. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, I brought this one up, I think on Friday, but 74.29. Their earnings are coming up January 13th. That RSI is, is it's, not, it's not super low. It's in no man's land at 46, but the MACD is kind of down there. You've seen since Warren Buffett announced that he bought it right back here on November 15th, the volume's kind of come down to about the normal level. Um, I would expect them to hover um, probably between 65 and 80, um, probably for the rest of the year. But I, I don't think you're looking at one that uh, will completely crash down to the 30 level. Uh, I, I, you know, Buffett buys it. I got to believe in it. Morgan Stanley, personal holding here. Uh, it is up 0.73. Uh, 8502 is the price uh, that, that it, it just crossed. Um, I'd probably buy Wells Fargo or Bank of America before I buy this one. This one's kind of using the 200-day as its support level, but you do have this gap down here to 84. So you're trading at 85 right now. I'd be a little bit worried of that gap. Their earnings are coming up January 13th. Eh, no real reason to get into it. We talked about Apple having a cross-up at 128. Um, it's trading right now at 127. I, I wouldn't expect this one to kind of blow anybody out of the water over until their earnings come up. Um, their earnings probably with a revision January 26th. Between now and January 26th, I'm not necessarily looking to get into it, um, but you can see how beaten up it has been. But if you look at a weekly chart of this, we'll pull up a weekly. Um, I think TrendSpider put up their weekly charts and it's the last one to fall uh, of the fangs. And your you're, uh, 200 days at 115. I would say that would be a kind of bottoming. Uh, if it breaks the 200-day on the weekly, I'd be shocked because the only time it even came close was the 2018 um, crash. And you can see, and the only reason it did this is because it was so high-flying for the, the previous year. And it just came way down from uh, October all the way down to December. And then you just saw it shoot up. Even COVID. Um, February, it was at 77. It traded all the way down to 55. And then it just shot up because people were just buying stuff. And so this pullback isn't crazy. Um, I, I do think that you can see here, uh, if we go back to, I'll touch three points right here. You're going to touch three points right there. So 127 kind of a bottoming point, I think. Uh, if you do break it, I think you've got your support level back there um, uh, at the 200-day. I'm looking for my, uh, my um, volume level, which should be somewhere around here. Uh, it might be back. Yeah, there it is. Let's pull the volume level. We don't want it back that far. We want it back here. 
and let's look at some of the volume levels here on the weekly. <clears throat> you can see there's a good volume level up here at 140, 140.150. Most people are holding there. And that's all the way from April of this year. So 150 seems to be a pretty good, pretty good support. Amazon had a cross up. Um, I bring this up because, oh, and I've missed the A. Um, I'm a fan. It's expensive. It's don't get me wrong. It's super expensive. 83.12 was the price. Um, and this was, you know, on Friday, 83.12 was the price. Today you're trading at 85.79. You're up 2%. I just think it's been beaten up too much. Um, I, I think there's a trading opportunity there. Uh, but again, you've had trading opportunities in this one and you've missed out on it. Uh, Teladoc, 23.65. I'm not a huge fan. I got this one from the ARC scans because ARC uh, loves Teladoc. Kathy Woods just loves Teladoc. Um, me, eh. I don't think it's that, that great of a business to be in, to be honest with you. Uh, one of the ARC funds, ARC-G. Remember, I sold out of all my ARC funds. Uh, I sold out in my retirement and my, um, my healthcare savings fund earlier in the year. I sold completely out of my taxed accounts uh, here in December. 28.23 is the price on ARC-G. Genomics, I know nothing about. Uh, this is one where I would defer to Kathy Woods completely on that one. Uh, MGM, which is uh, MGM Resorts, uh, which will probably get a bounce from China reopening with uh, Macau and things of that sort. 33.52 is the buy um, on the algorithm. And it's got a pretty good MACD cross up is what it looks like. The last time it kind of crossed up here, you went from $30.66 to $33.60. So you had your 10% move. 33 to 36 is not a huge jump in this one. If it's using that 200-day and crosses that 200-day, which is right now at 34.17, I might wait until the 34.17 till that price uh, kind of holds on either a, a morning candle or an afternoon candle or even a daily candle and then see where it goes. Your earnings are, your catalyst for is February 8th for earnings. But if China announces, hey, We've got a bunch of, uh, you know, we, we've cured COVID. Uh, they're going to see a huge, a huge one. Uh, let me bring up Penn since we're on um, uh, casinos. Penn had a cross up here at 29.70. You're trading at 29.56. You're well below the 200 day. This one probably has more problems than MGM. Uh, it's probably more of a risk, but you'll probably get rewarded a little bit better. If you are rewarded, you could get hurt more. Uh, do your do your uh, due diligence on that one. Datadog, which is a hugely expensive stock, had a cross up. This one has been nothing but poor. The algorithm loses you 43%. Buying and holding loses you 20%. So you're actually better off just buying and holding this one. Um, you have 33 positions, 27% are wins. Your average win is 12%. So I'd probably not necessarily trade this one. I'd probably just buy it. And there's an interesting one that I want to bring up, 3M. Uh, they have some lawsuit issues. And so I was looking at more of a long term on this one <clears throat> and going back to COVID. Uh, if you bring up a weekly chart on this one and you go back to COVID, their COVID low price was um, 114. They're trading at 120 right now. Just a few weeks ago, well, I should say a few months ago in October, 
they were below that COVID price. Uh, it's got to do with mainly lawsuits um, and some of their exposure to uh, fines and things of that sort. That's where you're, you're having a problem. If you pull this uh, volume shelf back here to say, and I hate pulling it back this far, but July, you can clearly see that we're, we're down. There, there's a significant volume shelves here at 119 to 130. That 120 level is pretty, pretty solid. Um, so if it goes under that 120, and again, this right here, you see that those volume spikes, that's around the lawsuit time in September. And it's just continued to perform just horribly. So there's your, uh, your, your stock crosses. Uh, I think that's it for today. Um, I am going to do a little bit more re research into the bond stuff that I brought up last, uh, last week and look at it. Um, just right now, looking Apple's down 2% at 126. Um, Devon is down at 2% at 60. Uh, Coke is down 1%. Oxy is down 1%. Pepsi's down 1%. PayPal is up 3%. Um, Square is up 3%. Um, your financials are, are taking a good a good chunk, and and you know Wells Fargo, even my Wells Fargo is up 0.75. Um, Bank of America, uh, we can look at some of the core holdings. Um, uh, Amazon is up 1.75. Google up 1.63. I would wait for Google. It's at ninety dollars and twenty cents. I'd wait for the eight handle on that one, eighty nine, somewhere in that neighborhood. You'll hit it today. Coke is down one percent. Um, Oxy is down 1%. Pepsi is down 1%. QCLN is down 1%. I like QCLN. Um, Qualcomm is down 1% at 108. I can't believe that one's down that far. Uh, Roblox, which we talked about getting out of um, and then seeing a, a, a shoot back up. Uh, Roblox at 2661, you're at 28. This one had a cross up here at 2661. Uh, and I do think that you've still got this gap in, in, in sight all the way up to 32. Would I buy it now? Eh, probably not. You know, your RSI is kind of tra trailing down at 49.71. I think you're probably safe buying it and holding it. But their earnings are coming up on February 14th. They did have a, a reduction in users that they announced. So you're a little bit, a little bit behind the eight ball on that one. Um, Tesla's down 10% at 111. There's no reason to get into this one. Like I said, I think if you get down into the 80, if you get down under 100, I think you start nibbling. But there's no reason to get into this one. None. I sold out of my Tesla. Um, uh, I'm completely out. Just so you know, I took a profit on that one. Small profit, smaller than I would have liked. Uh, United Health. Oh, you know one that um, one that I wanted to bring up is Costco. Costco is kind of capitulating. Uh, you had a buy-in here at 458. You're at 454. Their earnings are coming up in February, March 2nd. So you don't have a catalyst here for quite a while. But if they announce for some reason because of inflation, hey, it's the new year, uh, we're not taking our hot dogs up. But what we are going to do is we're going to do a membership increase. Now, this one could see a pop. So I like the gaps above. Let's put it that way. Um, I like the gaps above this one. If we do go into a recession, Costco is not a horrible thing because you've got gas uh, at lower prices. Um, you know, if you go to Costco and look at their gas lines, it's always crazy. Um, if you go to uh, Sam's Club, you know, you can get your Walmart stock as well uh, for a, uh, you know, a, a kind of recession play. Let's look at Costco. Costco's PE is 34. 
pretty, pretty rich. Look at Walmart. You're 43. In comparison, Target is at 20. So even at 151. Uh, take your pick what you want to invest in. If you have any questions, hit me up on the socials. Uh, I'm going to hang out on YouTube. I'm going to trade in my uh, Weeble account maybe later. So maybe a couple of, couple of plays. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Take care. See you tomorrow.